0: 927 WMAY. Good news in the recent state budget a big boost in funding for children's advocacy centers across Illinois. There's a total of 41 of them, including one here in Sangamon County, assisting children who are the victims of physical or sexual abuse. And a funding increase like that could mean a lot of really good things. To tell us more about it, Kim Mangi Racino is here. She's the executive director of the Children's Advocacy Centers of Illinois. And Kim, thanks for taking the time. I, I suppose I should have asked before we started if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Is that, am I close?
1: You did it absolutely perfect. Well, thank thank you, you so much for asking though, well, yes.
0: And thank you for being here and for sharing the good news on this. What kind of a funding boost did the Children's Advocacy Centers in Illinois receive?
1: Right, so uh, previous to this year, we had about uh, $3.9 million in the budget. And now we're looking at near 10. So um, these are uh, huge uh, amounts of money for us um, in the state right now, and especially this year due to the Victims of Crime Act funding, that's federal funding that the CACs get through um, the Illinois Criminal Justice Information Authority, and then it comes to us, and then we pass that through. Um, That has been cut by about 17% this year due to um, low amounts being in that fund. So, uh, we started working with uh, the governor's office and Department of Children and Family Services last year, who we receive our funding through, and we talked about that decrease of funding. So, they were able to make that cut up with the state as well as give us an extra boost. So, that is going to mean a lot to us uh, around the state. And again, with the 41 Children's Advocacy Centers, uh, we're going to be able to pass that money through um, so that they're able to support their centers, um, have uh, basically let them support um, the children and families that they serve as well. So some centers are looking at, you know, larger increases and um, but we're overall looking at increases to our CACs.
0: Well, We'll talk about some of the particulars of this additional funding in a moment but let's talk in general terms about the services provided by Children's Advocacy Centers. As we noticed, there is, there is one here in Sangamon County, 41 total around the state. What work do they do? How do they assist children who have been the victims of abuse?
1: Yes, uh, so when there's a allegation of child sexual abuse, physical abuse, witness to violent crime, or other ch- child maltreatment, then uh, if that goes, when that goes to the Department of Children and Family Services hotline or law enforcement, um, then that gets reported to the Children's Advocacy Center, and then they coordinate the investigation. So the cool thing about it is um, we have seven multidisciplinary team members. That's law enforcement, prosecution, uh, forensic interviewers, advocacy, mental health providers, and specialized medical providers. They all work together as, as a team, and when the child and the family come to the center, The parent, uh, the non-offending caregiver will receive advocacy, and that means they might need resources like housing or therapy or anything that they need to help them support their child better. The the parent is getting that, then the child is going to be interviewed by a specially trained interviewer, and they will be in a room that's all digitally recorded. And then the rest of those team members that I talked about are sitting outside the room and being able to watch it. And um, they're getting all the questions that they need answered, and they're able to, um, we're able to avoid multiple interviews that causes trauma, and also down the road, possibly um, in prosecution, because children um, repeat their stories.
0: Obviously, uh, a child who is getting the services of one of these advocacy centers has already gone through a traumatic experience how how do these services help to lessen that? Help to further uh, and and speed up a child's recovery from an incident like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. That advocacy that we give the parents is key because what we know from research is that supporting caregivers uh, have better outcomes for kids with mental health as well as the prosecution. So that's a key. But then the other part is during that forensic interview, really able to talk to the kids about what they're experiencing and what help they might need um, to help keep them safe and also to help them heal. So a pass-off is made after that interview to mental health providers and that those mental health providers are able to give trauma-informed mental health care to help the child and their family. And those are all free services for any member of that family um, to receive that mental health follow-up, which is so important when it comes uh, to being able to heal from um, that experience that they've they've had.
0: This is uh, described as a a 66% increase in funding for the Children's Advocacy Centers, millions of additional dollars coming in, but when it's divided up among 41 agencies around the state, uh, that is, you know, obviously not a, an enormous amount of money for each one of those. What difference will that make in the operations of, say, for example, the center here in Sangamon County? How much will, will that additional funding allow them to do?
1: It's going to really be different um, around the state. We've made a couple changes this year. Uh, the state has, and uh, DCFS, that now instead of DCFS having 41 contracts with all of those CACs, we're going to have one contract here at our office. And uh, we're going to pass that through, similarly how we do VOCA. So, um, part of our work with DCFS this year was equitable funding for all the CACs um, through DCFS. And so, some are going to receive larger increases. Some are going to – but no one's going to lose. Everybody's going to receive, at at a minimum, what they received last year. Um, So, what it does, it's going to make an equitable funding base downstate, where we have really small rural centers that might need – uh, might traditionally have been underfunded, or even around the state, um, it's going. It's going to be a base. So yes, it's not a ton of money for right now for 41, but it's going to be the the goal for DCFS and the governor's office and us is that we will ha- start with an equitable funding base, and then increases will be evenly divided across the state. So again, some we haven't released the amounts yet. That should be coming in the next couple of days, um, but some are going to receive. You know, much more, but none are going to uh, lose any money either. And that's going to go a far way in being able to provide services around the state, in particular with um, mental health uh, providers, uh, people who have not been able to afford that uh, and they have to contract that out or give referrals out to the community. They're going to be able to increase that, um, as well as raising some salaries and including benefits um, to help with the workforce force uh, shortage that we're dealing here with, Um, because with Children's Advocacy Centers in particular, it's a very niche um, organization, and we want to keep our people. Um, We want to make sure that they are able to um, afford to work there and do the great work that they do.
0: So it's not necessarily they would necessarily be adding staff, but at least you'd be able to pay a little bit more to retain the staff that, that you have and to fill vacancies that you may have?
1: Absolutely. There will be some centers who are able to add staff. You know, Currently, um, not a lot of our centers have mental health providers on staff. They have to contract that out. So some of them will be able to now add mental health staff, which is really beneficial because they're in the building, they're on staff, and they're able to help out to explain things to the rest of those team members that I talk to sometimes about why kids might be acting the way they are, or presenting the way they are, or, you know, different um, things about disclosure. So having that full um, team on site is so important. So I I foresee mental health providers, um, they will be hired, Um, and if there are centers who don't feel like they have adequate funding for staff, they may add, but it's really going to be up to them to what they need in order to um, meet their accreditation standards through our National Children's Alliance as well as meet the needs of their children and staff.
0: Do you have numbers as to the, the total number of children statewide that are assisted in the course of a given year by a children's advocacy center?
1: Yes. The, uh, last year we saw uh, about 14,500 children that came through a children's advocacy center. Most of those had a forensic interview. Some of them received advocacy resources, um, but th- those are the current numbers that we have. Of children receive services.
0: And are families generally referred there by say a, a law enforcement agency that's investigating a, an allegation of abuse or an incident of violence? Do they come seek out your help on their own? How are you making connections with these families?
1: So um, we don't make the initial contact with the family. It comes through either law enforcement or DCFS. The DCFS hotline uh, which receives all of the um, mandated reporter as well as community reports um, they will start an investigation or people will present to law enforcement and um, that will open an investigation. And then um, there's a CAC Act, which discusses if there's a Children's Advocacy Center in their service area, they will use it for those allegations. So then they make that call to the CAC and they, then the CAC facilitates that um, investigation. They will, they will have all the interested parties, they will schedule it, and then the family will um, show up there.
0: You've talked about this additional funding as uh, setting a sort of a baseline for the centers. Uh, do you feel at this point you've got adequate funding for the needs, for the demand on your services, or are you going to need to, to keep coming back and, and boosting this uh, over the next uh, several years to really get to the point where you need to be?
1: Definitely need to. We'll be coming back for more each year. Um, this funding model is really going to be based on utilization, so we're going to be able to track um as we're seeing more children, that we'll be able to increase it, but also continue to ask for more. Like currently right now at the Chicago CAC, they have about 150 kids on a waiting list for um, mental health services. You know, that's unacceptable to us. Um, So those are some of the things that we're going to continue to go back and ask for. Uh, You know uh, we've been instructed by DCFS that you know, we should use our past year and be asking, you know, for what we need by November 1st. So, we're ready to do that. We're going to be looking at the state where we have gaps, and uh, we'll continue to go back. Um, we we believe that uh, it would take about $56 million to adequately fund Children's Advocacy Centers, and that's through VOCA uh, uh, DCFS and the Attorney General has a small grant, and right now we're only at about twenty million. So we're going to continue to go back and have the data to show um, what we need in order to get make sure kids are getting what they need.
0: Uh, you mentioned uh, a DCFS hotline. If people are aware of child abuse situations or families that might need the assistance of a Children's Advocacy Center, uh, can can they call that hotline to to try to seek that help?
1: Absolutely. Whenever anyone suspects the abuse of a child they should call uh, 1-800-25-ABUSE. That You don't have to investigate it. You don't have to know if it's true. But if you suspect it, you call, and then they can tell you if they're able to open investigation. Um, if you're a mandated reporter, you should be doing that anyway. Um, but even in your personal life, uh, we need to urge people to, if they see something, to say something. Um, because kids um, often don't disclose abuse right away and for a lot of various reasons. But as adults, it's our responsibility to make sure we're calling and reporting when we see something or have concern.
0: And that number again, 800-25-ABUSE. Kim Mangiaracino with the Children's Advocacy Centers of Illinois. Uh, If people would like to learn more about these organizations, where can they go to do so?
1: Absolutely. We have social media. Uh, We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. And uh, trying to get the word out to different age groups and um, everybody, because this affects all of us. Uh, One in six children are sexually abused um, in their life. And so if you have a classroom of 24 kids, you can look at four of them most likely have uh, experienced abuse. So we want to always get that message out. So again, we're on social media. And then you can go to our website, Children's Advocacy Centers of Illinois. We have a map on that um, website that'll show all the Children's Advocacy Centers um, in Illinois, and I would say that um, every Illinoisan should be very proud because we have all 102 counties of Illinois covered by a Children's Advocacy Center, and that is um, not very common around the country. So uh, we have a large state and a lot of CACs, and um, everyone um, every child in Illinois has access to a Children's Advocacy Center.
0: That web address again, childrensadvocacycentersofillinois.org. Kim Rasino, the Executive Director, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it here.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for your interest and for your help getting the word out.
0: Here on 92.7 WMAY.